Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode one of Unblurring the Truth, where we discuss ways to identify and protect ourselves against misinformation and disinformation, or for short, misdis. I'm your host, Dr. Bobby Seidel, command psychologist here at the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center and School. And over the past year, I've led the development of our misinformation disinformation course and wanted to pass along some things I've learned to you. Whether you are an operator, support guy like me, a student in the pipeline, or a family member, we are all bombarded with misinformation and disinformation. I don't know about you, but I get sick of constantly having to spend time figuring out if something I read, watch, or listen to is trustworthy or not. We've become saturated and miss this. So today, we're going to start with some basics about recognizing this. We're going to share what it means to be better inoculated or protected against it, define what it is, identify the different types, look at the short-term and long-term consequences, and wrap it up by examining the environment in which it flourishes, thus showing why it is so important for us to learn how to protect ourselves and our families. We begin with inoculation. Inoculation is a psychological resistance against manipulation attempts by preemptively exposing people to a weakened version of a deceptive argument, much like a real vaccine provides resistance against a pathogen after being injected with a severely weakened version of it. If successful, this can go a long way towards building resistance against more complex mis platforms and shift us toward a more proactive approach in combating it. We do this by first learning more about general, or i.e. weaker, mis concepts, terms, and techniques, and then progress to stronger, more complex ones to not only strengthen our defenses, but to help us lead a counterattack. So with that, let's move on to some definitions. Mis-dis influences public opinion through persuasion and other non-coercive means. First you have misinformation. It is false information shared without the intent to mislead. For example, mistakes such as inaccurate photo captions, incorrect dates, statistics, translations, or when satire is taken seriously. Disinformation, on the other hand, is manufactured information that is deliberately fabricated or manipulated and disseminated with the intent to cause harm. It wants to mislead you. Now, misinformation can turn into disinformation, when it's shared by individuals or groups who know it's wrong, yet intentionally spread it anyway to cast doubt or stir up divisiveness. So now we have the types of misdis. There are seven main types of misdis. First, there's what we call satire or parody. There's no intention to cause harm, but it has the potential to fool. Satire uses humor, irony, exaggeration, or ridicule to expose and criticize people's stupidity or vices, while parody is the imitation of the style of a particular author, artist, or genre with deliberate exaggeration for comic effect. For example, think of The Onion or The Babylon Bee. These are two popular sites that use satire or parody. Next, we have misleading content. It's a heading or a whole article that was created to misinform or deceive readers and watchers. The article may invent or bend facts and details to either manipulate the truth or hide it. This is what we call propaganda, in that it promotes biased opinions and publicizes political points of view to influence an audience toward certain beliefs. 
Propaganda twists perception and produces an emotional response in most cases. Therefore, it's effective. Our third one is what we call imposter content. And that's when genuine sources are impersonated. For example, abc.co impersonated abc.com and actually published a lot of fake stories. So it's being mindful of where we go to get our content. Next up, we have fabricated content. The content is 100% false and it's intentionally designed to deceive and do harm. The format can be an article, social media post, a meme, or a tweet. And this is where we see a shift to true disinformation. It's been around a long time too. For example, on August 21st, 1835, the New York Sun published a series of articles about the discovery of life on the moon. These were falsely attributed to a well-known astronomer of the time named Sir John Herschel. The article reported that Herschel had made these discoveries using new hydro-oxygen magnifiers and went on to describe in believable scientific detail how the discovery was made. Bizarre life forms, inhabitants of the moon were described, painting a fantastical picture. After accomplishing their goal of adding many new subscribers to their newspaper that August, the paper quietly announced in September that the story had been nothing more than a hoax. Next up, we have false connection. And that's when headlines, visuals, or captions don't support the content of the article. It's what we often call clickbait. For example, here's a headline. How this one simple trick can make you a millionaire in just three years. This headline is a great example of using exaggeration to generate interest. By saying millionaire in just three years, it sounds too good to be true and intrigues the reader into wanting to find out more. Or here's another example. Are you making these deadly mistakes with your money? This headline is a great example of using fear to create interest. By saying deadly mistakes, it shocks the reader and makes them wonder what these mistakes could be. Our sixth one is what we call false content. And that's when genuine content is shared but with false contextual information. It's the whole mostly true approach to make the message more believable, but it paints a false picture to deceive us. This can be difficult to discern and often requires more time to research and think it through. And then finally, we have manipulated content. It is imagery, such as video or pictures, that is manipulated to deceive us. It's what we call synthetic media or deep fakes. And this is quickly becoming one of the most powerful forms of mystis, and we will talk about it in more depth during another episode. All right, so moving on, let's now examine the consequences of mystis. We'll start with some short-term ones. Mystis can cause and exploit strong emotional reactions to sensational topics, causing it to spread more rapidly than legitimate news. This puts legitimate news sources at a major disadvantage. Another consequence is that mystis aggravates existing societal cracks, ideological, political, religious. It may even fuel acts of harassment and violence. It can destroy the reputation of others, and it can cause panic in financial markets and lead others to make unsound financial decisions. Now, those are just some of the short-term consequences. Here are a few long-term ones. Mystis can pose a legitimate threat to democratic societies and manipulate and further radicalize domestic audiences. It can make it more difficult for people to discern truth from fiction, fostering distrust of all online information sources and even the media in general. 
And absent reliable sources of information, people are more likely to succumb to decisions based on emotional appeal, short-circuiting sound critical thinking and judgment, all of which undermine trust in the media, democracy, and confidence in government institutions to respond to societal needs. Now that we examine the ramifications of MISTIS, let's look at the environment in which it flourishes. First, is how reliant we are as a society on the internet and social media. It is woven into our daily lives. 68% of Americans get their news on social media from time to time, with 43% getting their news from Facebook. And 81% of Americans utilize the internet daily, with 28% online almost continually. Second, the sayings, if you make it trend, you make it true, or if it bleeds, it leads. Popularity trumps accuracy nowadays. The shift from getting it right to getting out first, along with the speed in which tweets and posts go viral, has especially threatened more traditional news agencies who struggle to not fall behind or become irrelevant in the news world. Third, increasing polarization in our culture, erosion of unity and cohesion, an all-or-nothing mindset with no room for compromise or respectfully agreeing to disagree. Fourth, mobile technologies with messaging platforms that are Wi-Fi enabled has resulted in an explosion of interconnectivity, linking people from all around the world. Almost everyone has a smartphone. And social media platforms provide people the ability to create communities with others who have shared views and ideologies. This can create a bubble which prevents freedom of thought or exposure to different points of view, which further reinforces polarization and fosters division. And then we have bots, which are computer algorithms designed to execute specific online tasks autonomously and repetitively. They even simulate human behavior in social networks, interacting with other users and sharing information and messages. These new technologies rapidly share content, including MISTIS, while masking the identity of the source and sender, making it very difficult to verify and trust. Overall, the connectedness of modern society, the free availability of so many content distribution platforms, and concerning rifts in our society have greatly increased the scope, scale, and speed of misdis campaigns. When people are anxious and looking for answers, somebody is going to provide them those answers and capitalize on it financially or politically. So, when you've got a lack of correct information, combined with an anxious, increasingly divided population with a lot at stake, MISTIS is going to flourish. In closing, let's do a quick recap. By becoming better informed of what MISTIS is, the various forms it can take, the environment in which it operates, and the impact it can have on us and our communities, we can begin to reduce our susceptibility. Thank you for joining me for the inaugural episode of Unblurring the Truth. My genuine hope is that our discussion today has given you a clear understanding of what MISTIS is so that you can begin to better protect yourselves and your loved ones. If you like what you've heard, please pass along our website to your teammates and loved ones. Look at the notes of the podcast for the link to our website. It has a bunch of free resources and materials that are located there to help you out. Join me next time as we take a closer look at identifying the major red flags of misdis platforms. This is Doc Seidel. Thanks again for listening. God bless.